the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, and he put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized the servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come. Let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, They knew that he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the lectionary that we use, the Old Testament lesson is usually chosen to parallel the Gospel lesson. And on the surface, our two lessons today do appear to parallel one another. They both talk about vineyards. But when you think about it, that's where the parallel ends. Because in Isaiah's prophecy, the Lord is speaking to the whole of Israel. And he's saying, I tended you, I fertilized you, I did everything that was needed for you to prepare to produce good grapes, and you have produced wild grapes or sour grapes. But in the gospel lesson, presumably the fruit is doing just fine. The grapes are fine. It's the people who are taking care of the vineyard that are corrupt, and they are the problem. When I was reading this gospel for this week in preparation for this sermon, I immediately thought 
of the issue of stewardship in the broadest sense of the word. And I have to qualify that by saying the broadest sense of the word because when it comes to church life, so often when we hear the word stewardship, it makes us think about money because that's the primary time, quite frankly, that we tend to talk about stewardship in the church is in the fall as we're looking toward the next year's budget. But that is only a small piece, a very powerfully symbolic piece, but a small piece of what stewardship really is all about. Because in its broadest sense, stewardship has to do with our relationship with God, our basic relationship with God. And I say that because that relationship is established at the very beginning of the Bible. In the first two chapters of Genesis, where we are told that in the beginning, God created everything that is. And toward the end of that creative process, he created humankind, and then astoundingly put all that he had created into our care. Into our care. And said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Have dominion over all the plants of the field and the animals and, and the whole of the creation. Tend the earth and till it so that it brings forth its abundant increase. These are the things that God said to humankind. And it established a relationship where God is the giver and we are the stewards of what God has put in to our care. When we remember this fact, when we have that attitude toward God, when we understand that even our lives are not our own, that our health, although there are things that we can do to try to uh, prevent ill health, but our basic health is something that we have little to no control over. It is given to us by God. The gifts and the talents that we are born with are given to us by God. Our intelligence, such as it is or isn't, is given to us by God. We can only take and use these things as good stewards of what God has placed into our lives and into our hands. And when we remember that fact, then we are oriented not only toward God, but toward bringing forth the good things of this world for the benefit of all and not just for ourselves. It is when we forget these things that we get ourselves into trouble. Because when we try to 
grab these things as our own, that we turn our attention from God to self. And instead of looking to God for guidance and direction, we become our own little gods of our own little worlds. And of course, despite the expression, if I ruled the world, dot, 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 we realize that we can only control so much. And so if we are going to be our own gods, we're going to have to be content with a certain amount of inequity and oppression in the world. We're going to have to be content with a certain amount of pollution of God's good earth. We're going to have to um, rec uh, uh, somehow ignore the fact of the pride that is involved with all of that and disguise it as judgmental attitudes toward others who are not like us or who are worse than us. All of which will get us into deep trouble before very long at all. When Jesus was giving his parable, this is what I think he was trying to emphasize, showing that those who bore a special responsibility of stewardship within God's vineyard, within God's people, were not doing what they were supposed to be doing. Instead, they were caught up with their own position, their own prestige, their own privilege, and they rather enjoyed their station in life. And then when that is threatened, when there is a true call to humility and to meekness and to service instead of position and prestige and privilege, when things get turned upside down and the call comes for the fruit, they grow jealous of their position and they are even willing to kill the son, the heir, an obvious reference to the crucifixion of our Lord. Because when you think about it, that's what we end up having to do. If we dethrone God within our lives and try to enthrone ourselves, we will have to kill God in order to make that possible. How silly, how stupid, and how destined for judgment that attitude is. And yet, how many of us as human beings succumb to it. And therein, I think, lies the parallel, the true parallel between the gospel lesson and our Old Testament lesson today. Because the call to stewardship is a call to each and every one of us, not just to the leaders among us or the leaders in our society, there's a special kind of stewardship to which leaders are called. 
but all of us are called to exercise our stewardship that God has called us to, given the gifts and talents that he has already given to us. And all of that is intended by God to be used to extend his vineyard throughout the world. The vineyard, of course, represents God's people. And so for us, that represents the church. God's intention is that this vine should grow and extend throughout all the world until coming under its influence, we truly do bring forth the fruit of an abundant life and a life without end. It is as we remember this, I remember our position in relationship with God and the fact that we are stewards who will be called to account one day for how we have exercised that stewardship, that we will develop that kind of humility and meekness and willingness to serve that truly does extend the kingdom because it is, after all, the kingdom of Christ. And those Christ-like qualities will speak as loudly as any words we say. In our baptismal covenant, we promise to proclaim the, word, the good news of Christ, both in word and in deed. The two must go together in order to have the integrity that will convince those that hear that good news. And so let us remember that our basic relationship with God is one of being stewards of what he has given to us personally and what he has put under our care collectively. And it is as we maintain that attitude more than any that we will bring forth the good harvest for our Lord, a harvest of love and joy and peace and truth. Let us remember that we are but stewards. And all that we have has been given to us first by God. Amen.